How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. I was really good when I was filling in for Lawrence Holmes on a real show. It's me. It is. It's not you. It's, it's me. the format. It's the it's the time slot. It's. I mean, I helped create this, or was part of the er, an creation. Participant and creator. Yeah. So co-conspirator and suckage. Right, because I feel like I went on to do good things with the Cubs and and now with the Bears, but now I'm back you, here. You, you are one of. You are the only suckage progeny with a World Series ring. It's that's very true. I'm like the Cubs. Like I've reduced myself to the level of the Cincinnati Reds. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like I'm I can't beat those teams anymore. You think your legacy is good enough? Already written. <laughs> yes. the World Series, right? I, I won in 2016, bud. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosalind. Saturday suckage together again for the first time. The original WB Club. And nothing says suckage like David Schuster joining us on the Alpamonte Ford hotline. Alpamonte Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. We choose David Schuster. Hi, David. You know, I, I go on some college radio stations every now and then. That's two steps above this stuff that okay. I'm on with you right now. So, right. yes, this, we are, we this are definitely the sucks. ultimate before picture. We're proud to be there. We suck so they don't have to. Boom goes the dynamite. You know what I'm saying? There you go. <laughs> so, boom went... Daniel Gafford. Um, so I think they are already. Have, is he an All Star yet? Oh yeah, absolutely. Of course, <laughs> nine of ten so from many. the field. Yeah. I mean, look look at him fill up the stat sheet out in Vegas before the earthquake even happened. Yeah. Twenty one points, ten rebounds, four block shots. Uh, I wouldn't expect that on a nightly basis once the real thing comes. But you know what? I actually think he's going to fit in really nice on this team. He's a rim protector. He does have a high percentage. If you took a look at his numbers, even in college last year, he shot 67% from the field. So uh, I think you're going to see a high percentage. Of course, he probably shoots the basketball, you know, like Bozo Circus and Bucket Number 1, that close to it all the time. But that's okay. That'll be his niche. He'll play defense. He'll run the court. He'll be good. Kobe White, that's more of a... You know, he, he, he's a project. There's no other way of looking at Kobe White other than a project, but a project with a lot, and I do mean a lot of potential talent. So, yeah, these are two good additions. Sadoransky, Thaddeus Young, those are good additions. And, no, I'm not going to have fired John Paxson or explain why the Reinstores <laughs> haven't done it. And I did see a movie, just to let you know. <laughs> and thank you for listening. This guy came in ready. <laughs> I thought it was yeah, funny, though. <laughs> it was funny, though, that in the uh, Chicago Tribune article, uh, Steve Rosenbaum's former paper. Yes, mm-hmm. they that Casey Johnson did give everybody the the Marcus Teague warning that Marcus Teague right. once led a summer league in scoring points. Which you know, I, I he wasn't saying this. I'm saying this. I I wonder how much of a factor in a positive way this year Daniel Gafford will be. But you're saying, Schuster, that he, he's going to be a big part of the the when when it's real for the Bulls this year. Daniel he's going to get. He, 
he's going to get the opportunity, if okay. nothing else. Um, let's face it, Wendell Carter Jr. is your starter, but unfortunately, so far in his very short NBA career, he's proven to be, if not uh, injury-prone, certainly unlucky when it comes to injuries. Um, you know, Robin Lopez is now playing 90 miles north. What a hoot that's going to be with both the Lopez brothers on the Milwaukee team at one time. Yeah, a hoot. Yeah, a hoot. Um, and uh, who else do we got? We got Cristiano Felicio. Okay, next person. Um, so, yeah, Daniel Gafford is definitely going to get an opportunity. You know, and let's see how he runs with it, literally. Again, I like what he potentially can bring if he lives up to the promise. He runs the court as a big man. Um, you know, Nowadays in the NBA, big men are, I guess, are three-point shooters, but you don't have to be that. I like the way that this guy potentially will be. He will be a rim protector on defense. He will run the court. I'm sure he'll play the pick and roll. He'll learn that game very quickly, too. I'm not anointing him anything other than a person who's got a chance to uh, at least be on your second unit and play a lot of minutes. That's all I'm saying. Talking with David Schuster here on The Score, Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. And how much will you... when you? How much will the Bulls let Kobe White suck? The only way not to suck is to play through it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I've not gotten any indication, maybe you have, I'm not sure what to base it on, but I think he has to play a lot. He has to make, it's almost like you have a rookie shortstop and you're going to get 30 <laughs> errors. That's a really good question, but, actually, But do your part. that now because if you sit him and you don't give him that opportunity, people went nuts when... Vinny didn't have Derrick Rose in there. And the, the whole point was, this is your future. If that's what you believe, he's got to play through this. What do you know of their plan? What do you think, of their, what do you think their plan might be, David? And, and should John Paxson be fired? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, no, he should, be, he, should be, he should be elevated in yeah. his role. Sure, no. um, I think Kobe White is going to get a tremendous opportunity. I'm not anointing him, and I don't think they are either yet. As a starter, I think what will happen, Chris Dunn is still on the roster, and everybody can Nobody slap Nobody knows why. Chris. He's the Daniel well, Descalso basketball team. No, I would not go that it's far. Awful. Well, that's your opinion. Um, Kobe White and Chris Dunn, I think, not physically, but um, they will duke it out, not like it was with Heritage and Portis. <laughs> oh. No, no, not, not oh, that kind oh, of duking oh. it out. I didn't know what was going on there. That's <laughs> I think Chris Dunn and Kobe White will have a really good competition in training camp. You also have Tomas Sadoransky, who can also play the position. And I think the best person, um, and it very well could be done at least initially, who gets the starting job. But let's face it, Kobe White is going to be the point guard very short term um, for the Chicago Bulls. And, And maybe Chris Dunn is on the roster until the trading deadline or after the season. I don't know what. But Kobe White ultimately will be your starting point guard, but I think Chris Dunn could very well be the starting point guard when the next regular season starts. Is it Tomas Sadoransky or Thomas Sadoransky? I've now heard it both ways. I would tend to take your word for it, though, David. Oh, don't ever take my word when I'm pronouncing a name. No. <laughs> I butcher more names than anybody in the history of radio. You know, it could be Thomas, okay, but you know right. what? It, it's spelled T-O-M-A-S, and normally right. that's Tomas. Yeah. Like Tomas Sandstrom. Yeah, is it Thaddeus or Thaddeus? No, 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 no. Let's not go crazy here. It's Thaddeus. (laughs) Is it spelled backwards as Reggie Theus? (laughs) That's the way it looks. That's the way it looks. And uh, Thaddeus, by the way, tweeted out, well, that Kawhi Clipper situation escalated escalated quickly. Yes. Yes, it did. So 
Um, once again, the Bulls claustrophobically uncreative, and other team they become a flyover team, and this shifted the odds in the NBA. The Clippers are in some places, most places, are favorites now to win the the NBA title. This league just you can't afford to go to sleep. Don't go to sleep mm-hmm. on it, David. I love how Jalen Rose the other day, and I like Jalen Rose a lot was when he was a player here yeah. and and even as a broadcaster, but. He said 99% chance that he is going back to Toronto. And then what, and, and what, about 2 or 3 in the morning, he was forced to tweet out that he was wrong. He sort of alibied by saying Oklahoma City got involved in the deal and Paul George and yada, yada, yada. So he gave his little bit of an alibi. But the, the comments underneath where he you know did a mea culpa were priceless. If you have a chance in about 10 hours to read all the people who sort of got on his case for being... 99 no he was 100 percent wrong on his 99 percent chance of him going back to toronto <laughs> oh there's math here so rudy gobert and there are a bunch of people tweeting things out the league loves itself players in the nba love the fact that this league is unpredictable and <laughs> and it's different and something's always happening you don't know what it's going to be but there's a video and there's also a tweet uh written tweet from rudy gobert what it do baby what it do baby Go Bears. Yeah, that's what's going on. That's the kind of thing. Rudy, go Bears. And L- they me, gave l- up everything. The Clippers gave up every first-round draft choice they had. Most of them are unprotected. Every first-round draft choice they might even think about. It's an amazing way to push all in. So sizing up that roster with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Doc Rivers coaching them, do you, would you make them the favorite? Not yet. Not yet. Um, you're talking about overall. I mean, listen, the Western Conference is as strong as it's ever been. Now, maybe it's been tilted a little bit. Golden State was obviously the favorite for the last bunch of years, but they're not anymore. But talk about the battles of Los Angeles, and I'm not even talking about earthquakes involved here. I mean, you've got LeBron and Anthony Davis. You've got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. If Kawhi Leonard would have ended up on the Lakers, even though you know it would have been the Laker girls who were the bench as opposed to whoever else, that would have been the team that would have ultimately won it all. I don't care what, because those would have been the three best players in the NBA. Um, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard right now, especially with Durant sidelined, uh, and Steph Curry would be number four in my estimation. Those those three are the best three players in the NBA. Now that Leonard goes, you know, into into the other locker room down the hall, along with Paul George, who certainly, you know, has gotten really, really uh, even better than before when he broke his leg. Those are going to be fantastic games uh, at, at Staples Center going this year. But Utah has, is really good. Portland is really good. Denver is really good. Those Western Conference battles night in and night out are going to be really, really fun to watch. So then the fact that the Bulls play in the JV conference, appropriately so, as a JV franchise, what do you think this does to what they can realistically think about? Do you think that they can just rebuild the way they want to rebuild and probably fall into a playoff spot? Or does this change their trajectory? Do you think this changes their emphasis at all? No, no. I think John Paxson, whether you like it or not, he's got a plan. I think his plan, he's followed to a T so far this offseason. You know, the two kids, and never mind last night's game, but the two kids that he drafted, Kobe White and Daniel Gafford, have a chance to be major contributors on his roster for the next bunch of years. He, he's bringing in two veteran players. None of them, are, neither of them are all-stars, but they're very effective players, both in and out of the locker room in Sadoransky and Thaddeus Young. 
But as John Paxson has said, they're only going to go as far, at least with, with this roster, when the players on this roster, and he's talking about the guys like Lowry Markinen and Wendell Carter Jr. and Zach Levine, when these guys take their next step. And I think the hope is that you know, in a year or two, and maybe all these other players, you're talking about the Lakers, you're talking about the Clippers and everybody else, maybe they start, start dropping a peg or two, maybe at that point, whoever is the big free agent at that time then you know John Paxson unfortunately has never gotten his guy but maybe at that point the Bulls go after that guy who knows maybe it's the Greek freak I don't know but you know maybe somebody like that joins his roster and now all of a sudden the Bulls are elevated that much higher so another kind of under the radar thing um, occurred last night and that was that the the Washington Wizards reportedly Mm -hmm. announcing that they will trade Dwight Howard to to Memphis and it's so interesting like like we don't really talk about Dwight Howard anymore this is an eight-time all-star five-time all-nba first team a three-time defensive player of the year who is I think 32 33 years old um and really it's like you don't hear about him in terms of making an impact like it's been since since 2012 does it and, and I know like he's probably a hall of famer but is it strange that like he's kind of lost whatever he once had already? No, no. And I knew when you were um, teasing that at the break, you were talking about yeah. him. I-, I have to say, and every time I've seen him, I've always thought this. He's one of the most underachieving, sometimes even dog um, players I've ever seen because yeah. he do- he doesn't put forth the effort. I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes too many times. Um, he he's got incredible talent. He should have been. You know, in the likes of a Will Chamberlain or or Shaquille O'Neal, he should have dominated even more so in spite of all the accolades that you've already thrown at him. And I'm going to tell you one specific story that I saw up close and personal. He was on the Lakers when Kobe Bryant was was there, and they were really underachieving. And after a game, I think the Bulls won the game. Yeah, the Bulls won the game. And Kobe Bryant was so upset after the game. We were standing in front of him. He was almost crying because the Lakers were not putting forth the effort. And if you say say anything about Kobe Bryant, he always put forth 100% effort. And he looked exactly... At, he, he was talking about some of his teammates, but he eyeballed um, Dwight Howard, and where he was mm. basically didn't use his name, mm-hmm. but you knew what he was talking about, and so that pretty much summed it up for me. From from you know, obviously one of the greatest players of all time, if Kobe Bryant thought that one of his teammates was a dog, well, then I'll. You know, he he almost reminds me of a little bit in terms of that like trajectory. Dwight Howard or. Dwight Howard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, Dwight Howard. Like, in terms of, like, Dwight Howard has, like, one of the greatest NBA bodies of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, Kemp, Sean Kemp to a different degree. Like, uh, like uh, one of the – he was a superstar for a while, and then all of a sudden just kind of fizzled out. Um, well, and, being a 12-time dad will do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he gained a little bit of weight. But, but in terms of, like, just – he was an absolute specimen, a legitimate superstar for a while, who some people thought the Bulls should have acquired for Scott, Scottie Pippen at mm-hmm. one point. The, I, I don't know. Is that is that a fair comparison, David, to, in terms sure, of like a guy who all of a sudden, like, he's the great, and then all where, where'd he go? What, what happened to Sean Kemp? What happened to Dwight Howard? Uh, well, Sean Kemp was, was certainly a superstar in the pediatric ward. There's well, no question about that. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, Sean, Sean Kemp, I mean, even more so Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard came into the league, I'm pretty sure he was the number one pick overall that year. And, you know, again, really good player, but for whatever reason, didn't put forth the effort. Should have been even more dominating. Should have probably won a title in Orlando down there. Yeah. Didn't do it. And then basically he's hopscotched around now. Yeah. And what's going to happen? Even now, though David. Yeah, and he's going to be let go by Memphis. They're they're going to just dump him oh, really? for salary cap ah. reasons. So he's going to he's going to be a free agent, and I'm sure somebody else will sign him. But you've gone from the number one pick to a eight time All Star, whatever accolades you've already thrown at him. He's now going to basically be a reserve center for somebody very shortly, but still a very rich reserve center. Yes, we all. It's nice work if you can avoid it. David, did you see a movie? You did see a movie. You said you saw a movie. I did see a movie. You were angry about it. (laughs) What did you see? Spider-Man. Spider-Man 100 or whatever it was. Uh, Far From Home. How does this guy move at 100 years old, David? (laughs) And uh, Tom Holland, of course, is the third uh, incarnation of Peter Parker. Tom Holland, it's interesting. I read an article. Tom Holland, when he first started, I think he was 16 years old. And I think he was going through puberty, so he had that very high voice. Now he's 24 going on 25 years old, and he said in one of the articles he's got to basically change his voice because it's gotten much deeper. And so he's got to squeak it a little bit to to portray uh, Peter Parker as being younger because he's still in high school, according to the movie. Anyway... Um, overall, eh, it was okay. Too much CGI, which is always my complaint about these movies. I still give it two and a half stars, but I give Marisa Tomei, the ageless wonder, I give her four and a half stars. There you go. She's Out of still a, on a scale oh, of four. That's right. She's yes. still incredible. Fell in love with her and my cousin Vinny, uh-huh. which is 27 years ago now, by the way. And now she's 55 years old, and she's still smoking. incredible. She's she is smoking. Yeah, so if you were going to rate the all the Spider-Men versus all the James Bonds, how would you <laughs> how would you do that, David? Oh boy, well, the variety see. of how Bonds many James versus Bonds? the variety of Spider-Men. Uh, well, I mean, you've had you had the very serious Bonds, yeah. you had the comical Bonds, the waste um, of Bonds, the waste Timothy of Dalton bonds. and George Lazenby, like she never should have been Bonds. That was bad. Uh, correct, correct. That's well, I also awful. didn't like. Um, I'm um, spacing out in his name. Remington Steele. Who am I thinking of? Pierce Brosnan? Pierce Brosnan. He, he I wasn't a joke. I, wasn't... I liked him. He, he should have been like, he, it seemed like he would have been a natural just because he's right. handsome and British, yeah? Yes. Yeah. yeah They're all but British. I don't know. He looked, I don't know. In Pierce Brosnan, he was sort of, Pierce Brosnan and Remington Steele, he was sort of pipsqueaky. So what I about never really Bronson Pinchot? What if it was Bronson Pinchot? Balky. <laughs> he's Balky. <laughs> And David Schuster uh, is usually well, bald, too. Especially is he? Especially the game of um, sex innings. <laughs> oh, what gosh. does that mean? <laughs> okay. And we didn't even talk about the White Sox and Cubs. There's going to be a lot of uh, uh, emotion and... and uh, I'm anticipating a lot of fun times these next two days over at Guaranteed Rate Field. There's a there's a different feeling on the south side, and you could feel it, especially the other day when Dylan Cease pitched. And don't put it beyond um, Rick Renteria to have Dylan Cease come in in tomorrow's game because that'll be his last opportunity before the All-Star break. If Ivan Nova does not do well, Dylan Cease could easily be on the mound tomorrow and at some Yvonne juncture. And if Ivan Nova does do well, they're going to close that'll the That'll be a shock in franchise. itself. Is, is tomorrow a throw day for Cease? Would it be? Because he pitched uh, Wednesday, well, it, right? 
he went Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, he could easily pitch tomorrow, and then you got the All-Star break where he's you know sitting around for four days. So, yeah, I would anticipate any kind of problems by Nova. You're going to see Dylan Cease against the Cubs. Wow, really? I would do that. No, I don't. I would. No. No, I would not be for that. Just because, like, you know, you just the, you want to bring these kids along nice and slowly. No, re- you got the All-Star break. You're not looking at winning a division right now if you're the White Sox. Guys. Guys, guys, slow down on your Dylan Cease. Let 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 him breathe, guys. Okay. Let's let him breathe and not pitch for two plus weeks. Yeah, I, I, let him show up against the Cubs. That'd be great. I want to see what happens. I think it's a I think it's a distinct possibility. Again, Nova is scheduled to start the game. He gets in any kind of trouble. I think Dylan Cease is on the mound tomorrow. All right. Well, I hope he throws his first pitch to the backstop. Just a bit outside. It, David, easily thanks. can happen. All right, guys. <laughs> thanks, I'll talk David. to you. That's David Schuster. See you, Dave. So Bye. Sorry. Spider-Man. Basketball I, uh, man. I, I don't. Pitcher uh, man. I don't like the Spider-Man franchise. I never have. He's like the one. I'm, I'm down with all the other superheroes for the most part. Like, and I'm cool with it. I'm not crazy about all those movies. But, like, Spider-Man's my one. Why? I, I don't know. I, he shoots webs. Peter Parker I, yeah. says nice things about you. He probably so why does. Why don't you say nice things about I like you? it when the, the mean boss yells for Peter Parker. He's like, Parker! Parker! But I don't know. Something like about. Perry White yells for Clark Kent. Yes, right. They're all J. The... Jonah Jameson. Who's that's, that? That's who's yelling at Parker. Oh, is that the guy's name? Yeah, that's, that's the boss? His name. Yes. Okay, like Parker! Um, I just, I don't know. Jenna I... Jameson is yelling for Peter Parker? <laughs> is that what you said? Yeah, that would work. No, it's J. Jonah Jameson. Chen, are you a big superhero movie guy? I am. I've, I've seen <laughs> Spider Man. Actually, David, when I was talking to David to get him on the show, that was what we talked about for the majority of the time. So, wait, why don't I like Spider Man? <laughs> I, I'm going to go with because it's a little bit more of the kids type of okay. movie. Because obviously, like David yeah, talked about, Peter, clearly an adult well, Peter Parker is a child. So I think that that doesn't endear to many adults. Okay, I, where are you on Spider-Man? Do you rank him highly or um, like I want to see if I'm if I'm on to something here? See, I read him in the comics. So like okay. I kind of have that going for me. But it was probably not one of the first comics to be like, oh, I need to get Spider-Man. It I like the movies because they're Marvel, but I wouldn't say that it's, like, super high on my list. Okay. All right. Thank you for that superhero review. We, of course, are the sucktastic duo. That's his, and our superpowers we are. are that we suck so you don't have to. Constantly. Yes. So um, when we come back, we'll explain the, uh, where the Bulls blew it again as far as who should have been in their front office instead of the... Just claustrophobically uncreative, Reinsdorf and John Paxson and all those people. Here's who should have been, and here's we'll read off his resume. And then, do we have text? Do, you, do we need to get some? Text oh, line? yeah. Um, let's I know see. We never did the mailman thing. Uh, let's see. From the six one eight, uh, Schuster is clueless. Socks are not putting Cease uh, from the bullpen. He will start next week. I'm sorry, David. I, I'm just reading these. Uh, oh, well, from the seven oh eight, why? Why I did? You know what? And this is you know this is a good point. GP on the part of the seven oh eight. I actually not a big fan of Toby McGuire, and he was Spider Man. And this this texture suggests the reason you don't like Spider Man. It's because of Toby McGuire. That might be right. Oh, and here you go, Schuster. Um, from seven seven three, Schuster is one hundred percent correct. So I uh, yeah, so you totally redeemed yourself there. 
Um, somebody did not like from our 224 area code did not like our NBA talk. Said uh, no const no context. Dwight Howard was a dominant center and that had major back surgery. And this texture was mad that none of us pointed that fact out. Well, that, thank that you maybe, for pointing that out. We yeah. suck, so you don't have yeah. to. So thank God you know. All right, we'll get back to more texts and um, the guy who should have been running the Bulls front office, and we'll have Chuck Swirsky. He's in Vegas, Bulls summer league, and just there was an earthquake there. In addition to the Kawhi Leonard, Paul George news. Saturday Suckage, reunion of the original Wake and Bake Club, Rosenblum McGrody, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys. And visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Oh, hi, Mark. So are, are you now going to be a guest on the show that you're co-hosting? That's what it feels like. It we does. Like, I just had, like, a stressed-out feeling like I was supposed to be on the radio Ooh. as a guest. It's like back in the day when I did updates, and I'd be kind of half asleep, and I'd hear the update sounder go off, and oh, no. I, it, would, it would alarm me, like, am I throw the Chicago Wolves updates? But, um, yeah, no, it's good to hear Dirty Frank, and I'm here. It is the... The original WB Club, Steve Rosenblum and Mark Grody. We are here until 2 o'clock. And then we're going to send it out to Shy Sox Bar and Grill near Gate 5. Celebrate the Wintrust Crosstown Series. Bruce Levine, Matt Spiegel. Be doing Inside the Clubhouse um, live at 2. So if you thought you missed Inside the Clubhouse today. No, no, no. You indeed did not. And then Zach Zaidman, bunch of Z's. We'll be doing the pregame show at 5.40. It's all brought to you by Wintrust, presenting sponsor of the Wintrust Crosstown Series. Stevie Sunshine. So we were talking about the um, earthquake in the NBA. Kawhi Leonard chose the Clippers. The Clippers chose to give everything away to get Paul George as well. So there was somebody who was central in making that trade for Paul George and wooing Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers. The same person was central in the wooing of a free agent named Kevin Durant to Golden State. The same person was impactful in wooing a free agent at the time named Shaquille O'Neal. The Bulls, of course, fail miserably and embarrassingly when it comes to wooing the top free agents. Of course. They will continue to. Nobody has an answer why. Nobody knows why. Nobody, what happened. Nobody has an answer. But the Bulls have yet to figure it out, and so they remain claustrophobically uncreative. And I had wanted them to think outside the packs and lobbied several years ago, go hire Jerry West. He is basketball Yoda. He's basketball Scotty Bowman. Bring him in. Use his basketball brain. He's the logo of the NBA. Now we should be the logo of every front office. He's the man who did all that recruiting. He's the man who brought those champions to their teams. 
most recently Kawhi Leonard, Durant, O'Neal. He orchestrated the trade for Kobe Bryant and the one for Paul George. He's worked for the Lakers, the Cl now the Clippers, and in between the Golden State Warriors. He's, he won at two of those places, and now the team that he's helping to consult on is the favorite for this one. The Bulls are the favorite not to get any impactful free agent. <laughs> I wanted them to get Jerry West. I wrote about it. That's the guy. Do this. Get him. Failed miserably, those Bulls. So not, as a texter has pointed out, not Jerry Sloan. A, not a texter Jerry Sloan. Has seriously said, go get Jerry Sloan. Of course, the former Utah Jazz head coach, very successful, a former Bulls player. If he came in, he, he'd have the same, probably the same, a similar mentality as John Paxson as, uh, as a GM, where he'd be more into the hustle guy, the character guy. Like, he'd be looking for Kirk Heinrich. Is Kirk Heinrich still available? Right. What's Chris Duhon doing? Let's find Chris Duhon. Let's get him back. Lou Alden, get the band back together. So, yeah, I mean, Jerry Sloan was hyper successful in his career, but no, I, d I don't think that his mentality. I mean, Wendell Carter Jr. and Kobe White doing a pick and roll. I don't see that being this this version of the NBA. But back to Jerry West, I like it. I do like yeah, it. Yeah, well, it's too late. He's, he's worked for all the other teams that are in much better positions than the Bulls are. He attracts the free agents the Bulls don't have a shot at getting, have never gotten. We, has any franchise gotten less, leveraged less out of six titles than the Bulls. The only, the only thing that they have gotten out of those six titles is continued successful attendance. Right, and it, it. that apparently is all that matters Yeah, because they don't have... John Paxson has been, I think this is his 17th year, so in the first 16, no appearances in the NBA Finals. Jerry Krause lasted 18 years and got fired, and he won six titles. Yeah, the the... And seriously, the Luol Deng, Andres Nocioni, Chris Duan, Ben Gordon, those were some good years, obviously, but they, they weren't ever going to be great years. Unless, I mean, I was ex as excited as anybody about a couple of those seasons by Ben Gordon, and he was doing ridiculously good things, but considering his size and all that and his defensive or lack of defense uh -huh. at the time when defense was a little bit more important, you knew that that wasn't going to last so it hasn't been a complete failure for for John Paxson like because he did get them out of what they were under with Jerry Krause um and the Jamal Crawford Tyson Chandler Eddie Curry era um he got him back on a good path but it just wasn't a championship path we will talk some more hoops with a man who calls Bulls play-by-play -play on this year radio station on the score we'll talk with Chuck Swirsky he's in Vegas they have the summer league going they got a Nice little, nice little game from their second-round pick, and much changed in the NBA overnight. We'll talk to Chuck about the Bulls and the NBA here on Saturday Soccer. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Welcome and welcome back. Reunion of the original Wicked Big Club. Saturday Suckage is here. He's Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We go out to Las Vegas amid earthquakes. And joining us on the Alpamonte Ford hotline, Alpamonte Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. He's Chuck Swirsky. Swirsk, thanks for joining us. And all I can say is if you need to dive under a table or seek a door frame in the middle of the interview, we understand. Trust me, I grew up in L.A. I knew all about earthquakes, so I understand you need to dash out. How are you today? Well, I'm well, actually, do. I was in an Uber yesterday. I was leaving the Bulls-Lakers game, and, of course, afterwards, you know, you have media scrums to talk to players and whatnot, so we were probably near halftime of the Knicks-Pelicans game, which was the feature game, of course, because of Zion and Barrett and whatnot. And so I'm in an Uber, and I'm, I'm at the hotel where I arrived, and all of a sudden I get a text from my son, who's on the Trailblazer staff, and he goes, are you okay? I said, yeah, why? He goes, the earthquake. So what are you talking about, the earthquake? He goes, you dad, you okay? I mean, like, there was an earthquake here. And I, I, I never felt it. And then I turn on the television. I'm looking at the Thomas and Mac Arena. With the, I mean, the scoreboard was swaying, and the speakers are swaying. And then, you know, they cut to Dodger Stadium, and the camera is shaking. I'm thinking, wow. But I have been through one, Steve. You've been through one. You just said that. Tell me about when was your first earthquake? 19, you remember? 1970, the Solomon earthquake. It was, I don't know, it seemed like a seven or something like that. I was happened to be up reading. It was six in the morning. I was reading, and um, I threw a book across the room, and all of a sudden, there's this, my father is shaking as he comes into the door frame to try to to try to get me. And wow. we had we had pipes shattered that we didn't have water for a week. It was how old were you? Um, like thereabouts, seventy, thirteen, fourteen. Okay, old. it was just it was it was a thing. And then um, they every time you live on a busy street after you su- after you've suffered through an earthquake. In Southern yep. California, every time you live on a busy street and trucks rumble by, you're looking to dive under a desk. <laughs> that, that's correct. That's my training. So you saw the Bulls play their summer league game. So give us your scouting report. What did you see right out? Well, again, we have to put an asterisk uh-huh. on this because it's summer league. And, I mean, we've had some really good summer league performances, and the players have you know turned out to be average players, and then we've had – you know, some really bad performances by players who've turned out to be fantastic. So, again, we have to keep things in proper perspective here. It is summer league. But you do want to see a motor. You want to see intelligence. You want to see execution. And I was really encouraged, again, for the first game of White and Gafford. I mean, White is a blur. In fact, I've given him that nickname, the blur. You know, he is, for for Chicago hoopsters who have been ballers for a long time. There was a young man in the 70s and 80s that played in the NBA. His name was Ricky Green. Mm-hmm. And Ricky Green's from Chicago, uh, just had a terrific stint with Utah, with the Jazz. But from baseline to baseline, he was the fastest player I have ever seen. Well, this kid right now, baseline to baseline, is as fast as De'Aaron Fox of Sacramento. I mean, he is that fast with the ball. It's just not I'm running, you know, uh, suicides one one end of the floor to the other. This is 
I'm talking about with the ball in his hand. Um, you know, he made some gorgeous passes, finished with three assists, probably should have had six or seven. Um, but I, I can see him growing into this position. Gafford has something you can't coach, and that is his tenacity and his motor. And you either have a motor or you don't. You either want to get it or you don't. And this kid, you know, there's something about players. Sometimes the player has to find the ball, and when you're around it, sometimes the ball finds you. Well, he's going to be one of those players. His offensive game is kind of raw, but because he's so aggressive, he does a lot of put-back slams. Back to, uh, as it pertains to the Kobe White's speed, Chuck, Kobe, he, he talked about one of the things that he, he could go 100 miles per hour all the time in college at uh, North Carolina. He did say, though, that he's going to need to control the speed to yes. some degree. What does that mean exactly? What does he have to do? Well, I mean, you know, you, if, if you get the ball on an outlet pass and you cross the eight-second line and you're looking ahead and all of a sudden you're going one-on-three, you know, you, you got to wait for your teammates to arrive and you hope that they run with you. But I don't think anyone on the Bulls can run with this kid. I don't think probably 95 97% of the league can't run with him right now. But, um, you know, he's going to have to learn in half-court sets. Uh, and also, uh, he played off the ball yesterday with Shaq Harrison on the floor. And so all these things are going to come at him, and they're going to come at him fast because it's one thing to play against drafted players or players who played in the league a little bit last year for two years. It's another one he sees every night, every night, there is somebody on the 29 other clubs that's a really, really, really good player. But he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to learn. There are going to be some hiccups, obviously. But I, I, I really like this pick. I really do. Where the Bulls drafted at seven, I think they got a player that can be a, a good 10-year-plus player in this league. Our guest is Chuck Swirsky, calls the Bulls play-by-play here on The Score with Bill Wennington. We are The Score, Chicago Sports Radio 670. I, ha- I asked David Schuster this. I'm going to get your thoughts on it. How much will Kobe White be allowed to suck? Because I think that's the only way you get better, only way you play through it. I equated him to a, a rookie shortstop. You know they're going to make 30 errors. You have to let them make that, get them out of the way, and then you can get on with progressing. As you understand the Bulls' plan or hopes, what do you what do you think he's? How do you think they're going to handle him? And how many mistakes is he going to be allowed to make and still stay on the floor, Chuck? Well, I, I think that there, and that's a valid question, because I think there is going to be a lot of growing pains, not just a few. There are going to be a lot. This young man is 19 years young, and now he's called upon to play against the best players in the world. So. Um, you know, he's going to play through some mistakes and he's going to make mistakes, but he's also, I think, going to learn and he's going to make the right basketball plays. Um, the, the player that they picked up from Washington, Sadoransky, I think has a chance in this system with Marketing and Porter, who are teammates, of course, Sadoransky and Porter in Washington, and with Carter. Uh, they've got a, a nuclear. Sadoransky, I'm, I'm telling you this, this is just not the company line here. I spoke to probably maybe six to ten different GM scouts, coaches yesterday. 
they thought the Sadoransky pick for the value that the Bulls got him was one of the best, um, you know, in the in the off season. I'm not putting him up with the Kawhi Leonard, and I'm not going there with that. I'm just talking about picking up a really really good player and putting him in a system where he can excel. And um, I've liked him the moment he came in the league as a second round pick uh, with Washington. And I think he has a shot to play a lot of minutes with White playing off the ball, playing with him. And it's going to be intriguing to see how this thing develops. Did you say you did? You got to see uh, Zion Williamson playing his, his first game? I, I did. What did you think? What did he do? He got hurt. Well, I mean, he listen, um, I, I – I am not. I have not been around him day to day, so I don't know his his body weight and what is his game weight. I mean, he is big by nature. Obviously, I get that. You get that. Everyone who's seen him on TV. I don't know if getting in the weight room. He's strong as it is. I mean, everyone who saw him, you know, rip that ball away from Knox was incredible. I mean, literally ripped it right out of his hands. Uh, but I don't know if he's got to get a little bit of tone on his body or not. But I think that, um, you know, he, he can roll to the rim. I'd like to see his 18-foot jump shot. Uh, but, I mean, there's no doubt he is a freak of nature. I mean, his athletic ability is off the charts. And he can bulldoze and power and just, you know, make his way to the cup eight feet in, what he's going to have to do eventually is he's going to have to develop a really good 15-foot jump shot and let the rest come to him. But, I mean, he's he's extremely impressive. And I'll tell you the other thing about him, everyone's talking about him. You had 18,000, 18,000 hmm. Thomas and Mack. And when he came on the floor, there was a buzz that I haven't heard probably since LeBron. <laughs> and, you know, this is Laker territory. And when Lonzo came in last year, you know, everyone was excited and all this stuff, or two years ago. But all I'm telling you right now, the bottom line is that if this kid can match the bar that's been set already before he's even played his first game, he will take ownership of this league because of his personality and charisma. We're talking with Chuck Swirsky, play-by-play for the Bulls on the radio, on this here radio station. In a previous life, you should know, he was Chucky Appleseed. He was spreading the word of basketball in hockey country up in Canada. Mm-hmm. And Toronto got its NBA title, Chuck. So, so the Kawhi Leonard trade will be the second half of this question, but the first part is, how did you feel about that based on what you knew and helping that franchise grow, seeing it grow, and... The, the good folks of Toronto all across Canada, that's Canada's team. So what were, yep. your, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, obviously, because I, I had roots there, um, both not only professionally but personally, because I became a dual citizen. Uh, and I, obviously, as you know, if you're born in the United States, you can become a dual citizen of another country. If you're born in Canada want to become a citizen of the United States, you have to relinquish your Canadian citizenship. You can have a Canadian passport, but you cannot have two citizenships. So just I just want to clarify that for the record. Um, but um, the Raptors 
you know, they went through some tough times. The Carter era was fantastic. And then once he got traded, they hit rock bottom. And then Bosch came along, and, you know, then Bosch left. But, um, you know, the fans have always been great. The city, as you know, is fantastic. The ownership has been very, very strong from day one. And, you know, they got it together and everything aligned. I mean, if you think about their series, I mean, the Philadelphia series, 76ers were banged up and Leonard hit that shot. The dance on the rim and went down. They're down 2 nothing in the series against the Bucks, And then Nick Nurse decided, you know what, I'm going to put up a wall against Giannis and let some other you know, player beat us. If Chris Middleton beats us, we, you know, we shouldn't, you know, really, you know, um, complain because the bottom line is we did everything we could to stop Giannis, which they did, and they won that series. Then they take on Golden State, and of course Durant is, you know, a no-show, and then he comes back and is injured, and Clay Thompson is banged up during the series. So good for them, you know, good for the Raptors. Well, I love the way the city rallied. I just love to see that. Yeah. I, mean, I can't imagine if the Maple Leafs win, the whole country gets oh set on fire. But I love, <laughs> I love the way they responded, and I love the, they're. I haven't sensed the out now. Kawhi changed the whole NBA landscape. The yes. the the Western Conference now. Is, I mean, the Eastern Conference is clearly the Junior Varsity Conference, and there's such power. There's such games every night. Every game in the Western Conference is going to feel like a playoff game. I mean, he really changed. What is what is this? Scout the Western Conference for us, which is like scouting well, the NBA you Finals. Know, Steve, let me just say this, because you were a bulldog as a reporter, and you sought stories and sources, and one of the best. How many leaks were there from Kawhi Leonard's camp? Uh, painfully few mm-hmm. for those of speaking Zero. as a reporter, yeah. How many talking heads out there? Well, you know, Kawhi Leonard, we're told he's headed to the uh-huh. Lakers. Hey, yeah. we hear he's coming back to the Raptors on a two-year deal. Oh, we hear he's scheduled to have a conference with the Knicks. Kawhi Leonard, think about this, as, as Woj, you know, was dropping bomb after bomb after bomb on the story after he, you know, he and, and Chris Haynes broke it. Think about this. He met with Paul George this week, this past week, to talk about, okay, you get Paul George to the clips. I'm coming. All these things happen cloaked in secrecy. Uh-huh. Nobody not knew. Not one leak. Yep. Not one. That's got to stop. I'm we have thinking. to have more leaks. <laughs> That's got to stop. Chuck, before we, uh, we let you go, and Steve hates it when I do this, and it's, he's, he's, he's lucky I didn't do this from the very beginning, but I'll just ask you one question about the 1980s DePaul Blue Demons, which, you yeah, know, which I, I, just, I just adored the 1980s. And I remember Chuck doing play-by-play on WGN radio at the time. Sure. Who, Chuck, who was your favorite DePaul Blue Demon of the 1980s to cover and to do play-by-play for? Wow! I know. Favorite. I know. Okay, give me a couple, I guess. And okay. and you can't say you can't say Terry Cummings, and you can't okay. say Mark McGuire because you a question, then I, you put, okay. All right, no caveats. Go ahead, Chuck. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Here, here, I'm going to tell you that one of my all time <laughs> favorites was Tyrone Corbin. Oh, I love Tyrone Corbin. So here here's a quick story. Do we have like sixty seconds? All the time you need, Chuck. Okay. So. Um, um, my roommate at the time, Jim Molinari, was the lead assistant under Ray and Joey Meyer. And we were roommates, and 
he he said, I'm going to Carolina, and I'm recruiting Xavier McDaniels. Remember him? Yep. He, yep. he played for the Knicks. And, the X-Man. And, yes. And so he comes back, and he, he says, you know what? I don't think we have a shot at this kid, but there's this really raw athletic player that, you know, I'm, I'm going to lock in. And I said, what's his name? And he goes, Tyrone Corbin out of AC Flora High School in Columbia, South Carolina. And the only schools that recruited him, the only two schools, Furman, the Paladins, located in Greenville, South Carolina, and DePaul. And he came to DePaul because of the computer programming side of, of the major that he was interested in. And this, this kid, now obviously a grown man, former NBA coach and NBA player, yep. at the time he could not hit a 10-foot jumper. Couldn't. But he worked on his game, worked on his game, worked on his game, played over a decade. And here is an incredible stat for you. I did Tyrone Corbin's first college game, play-by-play, and I did his last pro game. Wow. Well, there you go. Chuck, Chuck that's Swirsky, a bookend. great answer. I am satiated for today there on 1980s DePaul basketball. Chuck, thank you there for you your go. time. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, Chuck. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Chuck Swirsky, Bulls play-by-play. So there you go. Bottom of the hour football. was brought to you by Northwestern Football from the Northwestern Football Update Studio. Don't miss your chance to watch Big Ten football at Ryan Field this fall as the number 17 Northwestern Wildcats host Ohio State, Iowa, and more. Season tickets on sale now at nusports.com. It is also being brought to you by Gerber Collision and Glass. When you do, uh, when do you get it to Gerber? Uh, when you back in to someone who is backing out. That is when you get it to Gerber. Locations throughout Chicagoland, visit GerberCollision.com or call 877-7-GERBER to find your nearest Gerber location. That was called sight reading, when you just pick up a piece of paper and you read it on Cold site. Read. Yeah, Cold not read. not great, Mark. All right, we are going to take a break. and we come back, we'll talk about hating the Cubs. It seems to be all the rage in America. Rosenblum and Grody, reunion of the original Wake and Bake Club. Remember, we suck so you don't have to, and I think Mark did a wonderful job of showing just how much we can. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.